1: bizarre news items, and event of the week that I attended. Also, we will be joined later by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week has been the uh, great conference tournament championships, which have been running all week, uh, many times on ESPN channels, and it's uh, certainly getting us primed for... March Madness. Um, Watched the Duke-Notre Dame game yesterday from Washington, D.C., the ACC, and it was just great. It was like an actual tournament game. Uh, Anytime you have Duke involved, it just raises the uh, stakes and makes it more entertaining. What else can you say? And uh, throw in Notre Dame, and you've got the makings of just a great game. And went into overtime and uh, really just fun to watch. And it's just one of many, many uh, close games that have been played throughout all the conference championships, uh, you know, many, many buzzer beaters, upsets galore. uh, And, you know, again, just setting the stage and getting us just uh, ready for really uh, what is among the. Three best weeks in sports, starting Sunday with uh, Selection Sunday. Um, Needless to say, I myself will be covering the first round of the NCAA's men's tournament down in Providence. uh, Thursday and Saturday of next week, nearby Providence, I might add. So really looking forward to that. Covered the NCAA Eastern Regionals at the Boston Garden a few years back. Uh, it was spectacular, and I can't wait to uh, cover You know, the first two days. Uh, what can you say, Thursday and Friday next week are just about as good as it gets uh, with pretty much 12-plus hours of nonstop games, both Thursday and Friday. And I can't wait to be an actual part of it witnessing it in person down in Providence. My event of the week, sticking with this theme, was uh, the American Athletic Conference Women's Basketball Championship semifinal at Mohegan Sun last Sunday. And that means UConn. And the UConn women, uh, where they just trounced Tulane en route to another AAC championship, which they won the next night over... uh, a very high-quality University of South Florida team. Uh, they were just playing as well as they can play, and that's saying something. On uh, Sunday, in the game I was at, Yukon uh, Nation turned out, as they always do in full force. Uh, it truly is. Connecticut truly is the women's basketball capital of the world, and it's a sight to behold when... UConn Nation turns out, especially for postseason play, uh, for instance, they stand until UConn scores their first bucket of the game, which didn't take long on Sunday, but did take a little longer on Monday in the championship game. But they jumped out big. I mean, it was 28-5 to at the end of the first quarter. Um, they outscored them 22-9 to in the second quarter. So it was just really uh, UConn was really really on their game. Um, I mean, it was 50 to 14 at halftime. The final was 82 to 35. Uh, playing UConn's one thing. Playing UConn when they're playing really well uh, is another. And Gino Ariema, the legendary coach, in his post-game news conference, talked about you know. The first half of the first half on Sunday was just, you know, one of those times when his team, which is uh, the true standard of excellence in the women's game, uh, was just playing at their maximum level. And it was just an impressive sight to behold. Um, And the crazy thing about it all was, you know, Brianna Stewart, Perhaps uh, going, going to go down as the greatest women's basketball player ever. Uh, only had nine points, as in single figures. Absolutely unheard of. She's been the outstanding player in the NCAA tournament twice in the last three years. And uh, she's special, to put it mildly. Uh, she has such a complete game. The fact she had nine points didn't really matter. She's contributing in rebounds, blocks, assists, all of it. Uh, and again, they played one of their best 10 minute stretches of basketball, according to Gino Ariama, no less, uh, that maybe they've ever played. And he compared that with, you know, the the fabulous UConn teams of the past, and, you know, where once maybe every couple of seasons they'll put together just a, a, you know, 8, 10, 12-minute stretch of just uh, playing practically perfect basketball on offense and defense. And that's what uh, I had the pleasure to witness last Sunday, and it was just uh, uh, really, really special stuff. As if, uh, you know... Uh, They don't have enough superstars on that team already and veterans. They unveiled a new weapon uh, in that game, which was a freshman sharpshooter from California, Katie Lou Samuelson. Six of seven from the floor, including three of four on threes. Uh, Terrific performance by her. And, uh, you know, the rich just keep getting richer. Uh, after watching her performance, uh, you know, they, 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 they just keep the train moving and bringing in the best of the best. And it was really, uh, you know, really, really special stuff to watch. So, needless to say, they're going to be fun to watch over the course of the next three weeks as they, as Brianna Stewart specifically goes to become, uh, you know, her stated goal of winning four straight national championships She would be uh, the first, I believe, to actually get that done. So lofty goals, to say the least. Um, My low light of the week was realizing that we won't be watching Peyton Manning play anymore. Granted, he retired at the exact right time, and he certainly left with a great speech uh... touching on so many memories and so many people uh... it was just really uh... perfect Peyton. what else can you say for me personally my memory will always be uh... when he played the patriots in those playoff games back in the two thousand three two thousand four time frame at gillette stadium i've always liked to call them the snow on demand games where literally it started snowing uh, as the Colts uh, appeared in the tunnel at Gillette Stadium, it, it was priceless stuff. Uh, we all remember the Ty Law three interception game and the AFC Championship game against Manning, and uh, and Teddy Bruschi had one of his great games in those playoffs, and uh, that was just special stuff. I had the good fortune to see him a few times since, uh, both with the Colts as well as with the Broncos, and uh, You know, I feel privileged to have witnessed on a few occasions in person uh, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. It's an all-time rivalry, and uh, again, you know, just something we'll always remember in Peyton Manning, his career, uh, it cannot be argued with. And uh, again, I give him a lot of credit for retiring at the exact right time. And sticking with the Broncos, my bizarre story of the week was Brock Osweiler leaving the Broncos. And the world champion is uh, almost seemingly breaking up. Uh, This week alone, they've lost Danny Trevathan, Malik Jackson, CJ Anderson, and uh, of course, Brock Osweiler. Nobody saw this one coming, that's for sure. And uh, just a stunner, to say the least. Uh, Give the Houston. Texans credit for going after him, Bill O'Brien. That team has, you know, made the playoffs a fair amount in the last few years. Haven't gone anywhere with it, uh, but they've uh, had serious issues at quarterback, and maybe Osweiler maybe will be the uh, the guy that can take them, uh, you know, to a playoff victory or two. We shall see. But again, it was uh, it was a stunner, to say the least. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine.
2: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or
0: Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand-in-hand.
2: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's one 346 9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
1: Where's America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me, email me at iir at comcast.net, it is that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham of Bama Magazine, and AP. Your tour of America continues uh, from California, and now you're in Nashville for the SEC Championship. Uh, how's it going down there?
4: Yeah, I'm in Music City, John, trying to hear a little, uh, you know, music uh, from the Alabama basketball team. Hopefully, it works out for me. We got a big Big game this evening against Kentucky. Uh, they were able to beat Ole Miss yesterday, a team that had defeated Alabama in Oxford. Actually, I think Alabama opened up their new arena in Oxford in January. So it was kind of a nice, nice win for Avery Johnson. His 18th of the year, and he ties Gwynn Sanderson for the most victories of the first year head coach at Alabama.
1: Is that right? Well, I'm not surprised. Avery Johnson is a uh, seasoned Basketball coach, and you know, he, he was brought there for a reason, and that's to, uh, you know, take Alabama to the next level. And uh, he, I could definitely see him doing that. He has quite a resume, to put it mildly.
4: Yeah, he does, John. He, he's a very impressive uh, coach. I, I really like the way he manages the team, and he's very positive, and He's trying to bring some confidence to some of these young shooters for Alabama. They have one. Uh, you know, they have a senior Retno Bassahan who went from averaging six points a game to, and least play 20 points a game, which is the first time that Alabama since Buck Johnson, 1985 86. So Retno's been really consistent and productive, but they need more than just one man
1: to beat teams like Kentucky. Oh, no doubt about it. Well, you know, Kentucky is Kentucky, so I'm sure you're excited. Uh, you know, nothing like seeing a Kentucky. Game, Big Blue Nation. I had the pleasure of seeing them play at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut a few years back, and uh, I think it was like Thanksgiving weekend. And again, you know, and you'll see more of it than I saw in Connecticut, but I was blown away with Big Blue Nation and their presence for a November December game. In Connecticut, I can only imagine what it must be in Nashville, where obviously they can just drive right over.
4: Yeah, they, they were showing up on Wednesday night, John, to watch the first game of the tournament, Auburn and in, uh, in Tennessee. They, they just love basketball, and they're very, very good fans, and you, you can appreciate, you know, that type of atmosphere when you, when you play playing Kentucky.
1: No doubt about it. And then, uh, you know, John Calipari press conferences, they're the best. You know, <laughs> that was like, <laughs> uh, that was just one of the highlights when, it, you know, when I went down there to Connecticut a couple years ago, just uh, listening to his press conference, uh, John Calipari is one of those people that you need to see up person, uh, up close in person, to truly appreciate. Um, you know, my views changed on him uh, after again just sitting right in front of him, a few feet away, and just listening to him speak. Um, which at the time, the you know freshman. You know, one and done was being debated hotly. It still is to this day, but it was particularly hot at that time. And he was just so eloquent in the way he, you know, described it and so passionate that, you know, I, I, I really like the guy. I've liked him. I always liked him. He's a Pennsylvania boy. But yeah. I liked him even more ever since, you know, attending that press conference a few years back.
4: You know, uh, Coach Calatari, the few times I've spoken to him, he's always been very approachable. And willing to talk about basketball, Kentucky, the SEC. So he makes himself
1: likable. He does. He doesn't hide. You know, he's, whether it's losing national championship game at Memphis or, you know, the devastating loss of the undefeated season last year uh, to Wisconsin, you know, he's out there, he's candid, it's immediate. And, you know, he he gives, you know, he gives his straight talk, you know, after what have been some devastating losses that like all great coaches, you know, they've all experienced them from Belichick right on down, Um, you know, and you just, uh, so I've always had a lot of respect for that too, you know, uh, because again, he's always right there immediately after a loss, no matter how devastating it may have been. Yeah, and in this day and age, John, that's not always the case, right? Not a given. Never a given. Um, Mm. You know, but he's had, you know, so much success, obviously. You know, he got his first national championship a few years back. So he, you know, once you get that, then, you know, not that he ever had any, quote, fear or whatever, especially with the media. But, you know, once you get that first national title, then, you know. You're just at a different level in your dealings with the media and beyond, I find.
4: Yeah, I think that's correct, John, because they can't keep meeting you about not winning the championship. They can, they can test you about not winning multiple championships, but I mean, you already have that in your hip pocket, that one championship, so you're
1: an elite class. Exactly. you got to get the one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's... Trying to keep up with all these games is, is you know, uh, uh, takes an effort, but one I and I'm sure you are willing to put in. And it seems to me that one of the top games of yesterday, if not the whole week, was Tennessee Vanderbilt yesterday in the SEC. Uh, I think it was a buzzer beater and just really a, a fantastic finish all around.
4: Yeah, it sure, it sure was, John. Uh, I was actually courtside watching when, when the young fella from Vanderbilt release the ball. I mean, he, had, he had a good plan. He wasn't going to throw up just any old shot. He was going all the way to the basket. He put it the left-handed layup off the glass, perfect. And when you're watching it, John, you hear the buzzer. So you see him release it before the buzzer. But by the time you, you can hear the buzzer, it's too late. The clock has already gotten to zero. I mean, that, that's what happened yesterday. The ball was still in his hands. Um, actually, I, I talked to one of the court side officials there, uh, you know, one of the observers, and he said, yeah, we were still in the camp, so that was news, and he was late off. But it was, uh, you know, two Tennessee teams, so it would have been fun to go in overtime, but it didn't happen. And the volunteers, they were, they looked positive the game before. I mean, they drilled Auburn the night before, put 97 on them. The most, I think, scored against uh, the Tigers all season long. So Tennessee was you know, a good friend of mine.
1: Yes, and worth noting that, uh, you know, Vanderbilt is the hometown team there. They're based in Nashville, so I've got to imagine the atmosphere was fantastic.
4: Yeah, it sure was, John. Uh, you know, of course, the Tennessee uh, people, they always want to beat, beat Vanderbilt, so it was uh, highly contested, <coughs> even, though, even though Vanderbilt was uh, down by maybe at least 12 points, uh, being at halftime 12, but they came all the way back. It, it went to Volunteers' way yesterday.
1: Sounds great. Any other? Uh, what other teams are you watching for in the SEC championships uh, this weekend?
4: Yeah, they, I did want to see South Carolina. They play this evening after Alabama. I'm let like to see some of that game if I can. And uh, of course, Texas a is playing right now. They're, they're losing by three points to Florida at the moment. So I'll see that. I see that second half after we finish up here.
1: All right. Well that'll be great that's uh, so you're already at the arena that's awesome and uh... you know a big day big weekend of uh... basketball i myself will be in providence next thursday and saturday and maybe even wednesday for practice for the ncaa uh... start of the tournament march madness can't wait uh... don't think i've ever covered the first two rounds i've been to them my first i actually went to them at the garden The first day Mm -hmm. when the year, and I was very lucky because that was the year that uh, Carmelo Anthony uh, was a freshman at Syracuse. And little did I know that day or any of us that that was going to be the national championship team. But that's exactly (laughs) what it was. And it was just a great take. There's a dynamic on that first day that you just can't, you know, can't recreate in any other setting. uh, Different from when I covered the Eastern Regional a couple of years ago in the garden um, in Boston. But, uh, yeah, the first day there's an energy there that is just, you know, especially when you know that there's, you know, 16 other games going on around the country that day, but yet you're at one or two of them, obviously. And it's just really a, a special kind of thing. I, I will always remember that day uh, watching, you know, Syracuse uh, begin what would be the eventual national championship. Little did we know?
4: Yeah, there's always excitement in this tournament. Uh, the best team doesn't always win. Uh, you see the underdog, uh, especially in the last, let's say, five years, is very competitive and pull off some major victories. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's entertaining. And, and I think that the audience they wish for those close games. They want to see that last-second shot. And that's what I'm looking for. You like to do close games,
1: competitive games. Oh, yeah. It's all about the buzzer beaters. And really, uh, I don't think there's ever been a year, certainly not recently, where it's just wide open. And if ever there was a year to just really look at who is the hot team, no different than like the NFL playoffs, so to speak, uh, who is that hot team coming into the tournament, which is why this week. The basically, the championships that all the conferences are playing, I think, are particularly important because, you know, this is a year where it's really pretty balanced, no dominant team, and one team that, you know, by the time we get to Sunday is just clearly on a roll could be the team that, indeed, is going to roll through the tournament.
4: Yeah, this year is going to be very exciting because, like you said, there's no dominant favorite, and that always makes for... interesting broadcasting and and it's it's, uh,
1: intriguing for the audience. Absolutely. Well, sticking with basketball, I had the pleasure last Sunday, AP, of watching one of our favorite teams uh, that we've been lucky enough to cover many times, which of course is the UConn Women. I went to the semifinal game against uh, Tulane on Sunday and no less than Gino Ariama said after the game that the first ten minutes of the first half was some of the best Yukon women's basketball he's ever witnessed uh, in his coaching career, which is an unbelievable statement. Mm-hmm. Try these on for size. They were up twenty-eight to five at the end of the first quarter. Outscored Tulane twenty-two to nine in the second quarter. So they were up fifty-fourteen at halftime in route to a uh, you know, an eventual Eighty-two thirty-five victory, and the, and then won, of course, the championship the next night. But it, it was awesome to see. And Brianna Stewart didn't even score in double figures for what seems like the first time in her career.
4: Yeah, <laughs> they have a lot of depth, and they usually. I mean, they're, they're always well coached, a lot of talent, and they're very they're highly skilled, and they have shot makers. Always have shot makers.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah. Again, they just look, uh, they look unbeatable. There is no other word to use, Uh, you know, with Morgan Tuck, Brianna Stewart, uh, you know, they just really look. And, of course, Mariah Jefferson, Kia Nurse. I mean, it's just, it's an all-star team. Um, So, yeah, it was just really fun to see them and, uh, you know, to witness Excellence that even Gino Ariama said was, you know, uh, above par for, for that team and that program was, uh, uh, I, I felt very fortunate to have picked that game to cover and uh, it was great, to say the least. Yeah, John, I, I don't
4: know if there's a team that's going uh, to challenge them.
1: I'm, I'm not sure. It's the usual suspects, you know, Stanford, Notre Dame, what have you, uh, Louisville, you know, all quality programs, but this team's on a mission. Brianna Stewart wants to be the first to go down and win four straight championships in four years. Uh, so, uh, I like their chances, and speaking of the AAC, as as we speak, I'm watching uh, South Florida and Temple are playing uh, in their championship tournament, which is uh, at the Amway Arena, one of the newest and nicest arenas in the country down in Orlando, which, of course, is where uh, conference member University of Central Florida is located, so uh, so yeah, they held it last year in Hartford, Connecticut, and then the next couple of years it's going to be you know back in Hartford, then back in Orlando. So uh, I like the way they're you know they're going doing a north south thing with their championships for men's basketball, and uh, yeah, great venue to bring it down south.
4: Yeah, that, and that's just about Orlando. Or most, I guess is the most popular de- destination in America, I believe. Perhaps. Absolutely. <laughs> and so
1: no one has any trouble
4: convincing people that come to Orlando. It has all the facilities, the airport, the hotels, the, the atmosphere, the weather. A lot of positives, a lot of pluses bringing to Orlando.
1: Yeah, nice crowd there for a Friday afternoon game. And, uh, Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, a great choice on their part. Way P, hard to believe we've already come to the end of our first segment. We still have lots more to get to, and we'll do so on the other side of this break.
2: Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Sports channel.
3: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's one 346 9144 Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And, uh, A.P., uh, been an exciting week from the retirement of Peyton Manning to the shock of Brock Osweiler signing with the Houston Texans and uh, mixed with all the other NFL free agent signings. Uh, you know, uh, it never stops in the NFL, and the Broncos are basically... Uh, you know, losing their team, it feels like. They've already lost Danny Trevathan, Malik Jackson, and C.J. Anderson, in addition to Osweiler, and obviously Peyton Manning. So why don't we start with this? What's your memory? What's your top memory of Peyton Manning?
4: Yeah, Peyton Manning, I think my image of him is he's a, a, one of the best tacticians ever at the quarterback position, and he seemed to do everything perfectly whether it was a drop back or his release or the the way he hands the ball off, his his, uh, ball handling skills. That's my images of Peyton Manning. He's a tactician. He studied the game. And he he wanted to be a perfectionist in every way.
1: Yes, that's a perfect analysis. You know, I, I, for one, was really glad to see him being recognized for plain and simply you know, maybe having the best intellect ever of any NFL quarterback. And I say that because for years I've said about Tom Brady uh, and not to impinge on Peyton Manning's party by mentioning Tom Brady. But, you know, his number one asset is his intelligence. And I don't, I've never thought Brady in particular, given that I live here in Boston, gets enough credit for that. His decision-making, shall we say. And uh, Peyton Manning, same thing. And he's, you know... That's his number one attribute, and I've always felt that way, to say the least.
4: Yeah, I mean, he went through all these different tapes and always trying to recognize the defenses, the tendencies, uh, game plan against certain players. Uh, You know, that's Peyton Manning. He's like a scientist at the quarterback position.
1: Exactly. Perfect word, scientist. And most importantly, you know, it's never been more important than the last two years, especially this past year, when he, you know, it seemingly willed them to a championship with his mind as his physical skills, you know, deteriorated before our very eyes. You know, we all know the saying, Father Time is undefeated. And uh, it happened, you know, these things happen quickly. <laughs> and it seemed to happen quickly with him as it has with so many other athletes. Uh, but yeah, you know, he, he just, his experience, his mind, his intellect, and his, you know, his guile, if you will, uh, you, you know, helped them win a championship. You know, he he did not do anything with his limited physical abilities that prevented them from winning a championship. And I know that sounds a little, you know, a little distorted, especially when talking about Peyton Manning. But that, in my mind, that's exactly what happened. You know, he turned it over to the defense in the running game and, you know, he simply played pretty much error-free football and made huge plays when he needed to, combined with fast starts, uh, you know, against New England and obviously Carolina, to give a leg up and let the defense run run wild, basically.
4: Yeah, I think he was a man who understood his limitations <clears throat> and, his, and his abilities, and he acted accordingly, especially in these last few years. And it worked out for him. He he retires with the championship, his second second uh, Super Bowl win. So yeah, Peyton Manning was always at the forefront of the, of the NFL and even you know college football. He was one of the top players coming out of high school in New Orleans. Uh, so everyone was excited to see what he would do, and he had a, he had a fabulous
1: career. He sure did, sure did. uh... Well, and here we find Denver suddenly without a quarterback. Uh, You know, Brock Osweiler signing with Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans was a a genuine shocker to everyone. I mean, you know, there was a few little minor rumblings out there, but for it to happen, you know, so quickly after the retirement of Peyton Manning and everything was really just... uh, yeah, stunning, to say the least, and now the Broncos are seemingly back at the back of the drawing board. Uh, you know, looking at people like uh, RG three, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Colin Kaepernick, apparently.
4: Yeah, John, it was a stunner, you know. But uh, well, I guess it was the money was right, the situation was perfect for him, so he made the move. Uh, I'll say this about free agency, John: that once again, it's certain teams have a lot of money and. The smart ones know who to give the money to and the ones who keep making the mistakes they'll pay more than they should for a player and they continue to be on the bottom of the league you know, it's the bottom of the league but uh, you know, Bill Belichick, those, type of, those types of general managers and coaches, they're always using the, their dollars to get the best economic situation for their team. They might, they're not tying the player for the most money but they get a very good player and they'll sign maybe two or some other team will go out and overspend and sign one i mean i think the smart money is on someone who could manage this system where you're signing multiple players instead of just one uh over at a position
1: exactly exactly well said um yeah i mean nfl free agency there'll never be another year like a couple of years ago when like uh they had some new rules in place and whatnot, and it, it was. But you, you know, every year it's just uh, you, you know makes for a spectacular week to say the least. And you know, I mean, other big names. You know, Matt Forte going to uh, you know leaving the Bears uh, and signing with the Jets. I mean, that's a shocker. The Jets suddenly you know look like they could be viable. but they add them to the list of teams. You know, with Uh, that got to solidify that quarterback position because obviously, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick may or may not sign back with them. So, uh, just a fascinating time, to say the least.
4: Yeah, the the Jets need some offense, and, uh, you know, they they have some money available, so they're they're looking to upgrade. So, you know, uh, maybe that's a good sign for them.
1: Yeah, now one team that has been very active... uh, has, of course, been Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the team that kind of come out of uh, the woodwork, shall we say, and it looks like they're just uh, uh, sick of losing. So they've had a lot of signings, uh, and, you know, I think it's great. I really do. Uh, they, they, of course, signed Malik Jackson uh, from Denver, and, uh, and, again, the Jaguars have been very active, and uh, another team is, you know, the Dolphins. Um, both, you know, comings and goings on that, on that front. So it's, uh, going to be interesting to see, you know, just really how it all shakes out. Uh, but it's fun. It really is. Uh, and you know, the draft can't get here soon enough. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, cause some
4: te- yeah, yeah, some teams, John, they, they accentuate the draft. Some teams look for the agency. some are good at both.
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, you know, you think at the end of the season is when, you know, you're able to identify draft picks and who, what teams' needs are, but the truth is, you know, it's really not until this whole thing shakes out, and it's not done yet. We're still smack in the middle of it. Uh, you know, it, it's not until now when... You know, you really, really see who, you know, the comings and goings and teams once and for all, you know, we will know exactly where they stand heading into next year. But, you know, the big news, uh, of course, just come out a couple of hours ago is Johnny Manziel. I was struck when the, you know, local Boston news channel on just their daily noon news today, uh, you know, played it prominently i mean just there's no boston connection obviously whatsoever and uh you know for again a local news station in the middle of their newscast uh it wasn't part of the sports part of the broadcast either you know talk about johnny manziel being cut you know that he truly you say what you will about him and all the issues he's had and on and on and the quality of his game what have you but you know it just reminded me, you know, an hour ago, how he has truly crossed over. I, I was frankly kind of shocked. I, I thought maybe that that ship, that story, had sailed, but not so, not so.
4: Yeah, Johnny Manziel. I'm I'm you with know, 32 teams. I'm sure there's somebody's going to take a chance on him. Whether they you know, give him a low ball figure and have him sit out the year or something, I don't know, and try to revive his career
1: but, but, but he'll get another i think he'll get another chance i think he will too you know there's just you know there's a lot to chew on here with his situation you know i can't help but think uh for two entirely different reasons but you know a lot of people think that the reason tim tebow's not in the league and uh you know is a lot of teams just didn't want the quote distraction the sideshow and uh Johnny Manziel, for again, you know, polar opposite reasons from Tim Tebow, brings that same, you know, sideshow and the dreaded word distraction uh, to an NFL franchise. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but all that said, you know, uh, I agree with you. I think it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, uh, What will happen in the next year? Will he get signed with someone this year? And most importantly, you know, is he going to face NFL discipline? And if so, what will that be? I mean, there's just, there's a lot of stuff there, (laughs) to put it mildly. You know, I don't even know what, you know, the most recent goings on with his, I guess, former girlfriend down there in Dallas and grand jury and all that apparently being convened. I mean... You know, that's the big worry because that, that, that you, as well it should be because now you have the NFL looking at that under, you know, their domestic violence policies and all that goes with that. So, uh, and I have no idea if like some of the other stuff he's done, some of it, you know, mischievous more than anything else, it seems, yeah. uh, will fall under, you know, league policies or discipline as well, I just have no idea. But that one, for sure, is the one that uh, could have a major effect.
4: Yeah, John, he has some serious issues on the field as well as off the field. So for him to make a comeback, it, it'll be, I think it would be surprising if he competes at a high level in this game. I think it would be.
1: I agree. I agree. Uh, put it this way, you know. Uh, the chances of him, you know, having a successful NFL career, you know, are, are in my mind now less than 50 percent where, you know, prior to recent months would have clearly been, you know, above 50 percent, especially coming out of college. So it's it's been a, a, a precipitous decline and it feels like he is, you know, uh, clearly looking at his last chance. The big question is, does he know that?
4: Yeah, I don't know if his mind is, is right. I mean, that's something that's got to be addressed. I mean, obviously, he's on the wrong road, and he's got to pedal, you know, to the metal in, in that direction. And to make that turnaround, it, it's all up to him. I mean, you could have all the advice and then the uh, rehabilitation if you want, but it, it has to be in his mind that he's going to make a change, and I, I'm not sure that's possible.
1: Absolutely. We shall see, AP. You and I have spent a lot of time talking about him on this show over the past few years. So uh, we, like many others, will be watching closely to see how that all turns out. And AP, hard to believe we're at the end of another segment. So why don't we take a break now and we'll uh, wrap it up on the other side.
3: No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us as our weekly call and expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And my pick of the week for appointment viewing is selection sunday show at i believe six p.m. eastern time this sunday that's when we're all going to find out who uh... who's playing where uh, i'll get to see who uh... i get to cover it down in providence and i think most importantly ap it's gonna begin uh... the filling out of millions upon millions of brackets <laughs> Na- nationwide if not worldwide so uh... <laughs> yeah, you talk about a national obsession. Uh uh how many people on Monday will be completing brackets?
4: Uh oh, tens, it's, it's, of, uh, tens I mean, of millions. Yes.
1: Yeah,
4: that that's right, that's right. I couldn't even imagine the the final figure. And uh and this year especially probably very few winners.
1: I know. Very few. Uh well I think Warren Buffett uh is offering I'm not mistaken it's it's pretty intriguing I think he's offering uh is it a billion dollars to anybody any of his employees I believe it is that can correctly guess just the first round or maybe it's the first two rounds maybe it's just next weekend I'm pretty sure about that I think it's it's just next weekend it's not the whole tournament or anything like that I think it's just but nobody's ever done it to my knowledge. nobody's right, ever picked right. you know the first sixty four you know what? What is it? Thirty-two games, Friday and Thursday and Friday, and then you know another yeah. sixteen, Saturday and Sunday. I don't think anybody's ever done that. I'm not sure about exactly how that's fallen, but it's I, I think it's a billion dollars, and it has to do with just the first round or two. Wow, that's
4: incredible. I didn't, I didn't know
1: it's never been done. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and I and I I hesitate to use the word never, but uh, right. I did hear you know, but uh, you know. If it's been done, it's been rare, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, AP, uh, just moving on from basketball, uh, as always, there's, you know, college football in the air and in the news. And uh, one of our favorite organizations, the College Football Playoff Organization, just uh, issued a news release the other day that uh, they've set the times for New Year's Eve. Uh, for the playoff games, which is uh, going to be Saturday, December 31st. The first one's going to be at 3 p.m. The second one will be at 7 p.m., both Eastern times. Uh, So that'll be interesting to have them on a Saturday. So obviously the take-home here is, if I'm not mistaken, they moved them up a little bit, Uh, probably in deference to New Year's Eve. uh, Games beginning at 3 and seven, if I'm not mistaken, this past year on New Year's Eve, they began at four and eight. Um, so, yeah, smart move, especially on a Saturday, you know, with New Year's Eve falling on a Saturday.
4: Right, I think the circumstances of playing on a Saturday, well, they should have a, a bigger audience just because they're playing on the weekend. And to move it up an hour earlier, that I think that's smart as well. Uh John, I don't know if they're ever gonna get the, the type of audience
1: they covet by keeping it on New Year's Eve though. Yeah. We'll we'll see how that all turns out. It's a hotly debated topic, needless to say. We all know there was a ratings drop this past year. Um but this will be a different year. Again, it's on a Saturday, which is obviously the traditional college football day that we're all used to. I think that counts for something actually. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, and they moved the times up, you know, by an hour each game. So that's interesting. And then they said the, uh, Capital, in the same release that the Capital One Orange Bowl will now be, you know, will be held on Friday night, December 30th. Um, so yeah, it's great to see the, uh, you know, College football, getting specific with times and dates and all that, it just makes it all of a sudden seem more real here in early March. Yeah,
4: I thought that was very interesting, John. They moved that game to December thirtieth.
1: Yes, me too. I mean, to,
4: I mean and I, I think it is so smart to put it on the Friday night because people can take off a Friday. Well, you, you know, but we would then on let's say a Sunday or a Monday, then you got to take off different days at work people can get that weekend, that three-day weekend. So maybe that's for their be benefit, and uh,
1: that was a smart move, I think. I loved it. The Orange Bowl was obviously, you know, a uh, you know, marquee game, one of a handful of just, you know, the best of the best games, bowl games. And, uh, you know, I think it just sets the stage nicely, uh, you know, leading into Saturday, which is, again, sure to be a big day, uh, to put it mildly. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a big weekend. Uh, I'm assuming that, you know, Sunday, New Year's Day, January 1 will probably be the last day of the NFL season, I'm guessing. Um, so yeah, (laughs) don't make plans for that weekend out of the house. That's for sure. (laughs) Other than, other than starting at 10 o'clock or so, maybe 11 o'clock on New Year's Eve. Then there'll finally be a break then. (laughs)
4: Yeah. But uh, I think there are some noteworthy changes, and uh,
1: it's very smart
4: on the on the uh, you know for the college football playoff community to
1: make those changes. Yeah, and just to just to round it out, in the same release, you know, uh, the Cotton Bowl, the Rose Bowl, uh, the Sugar Bowl uh, will all be played on Monday, January second, which will be the day that's observed as the January New Year's Day, January first New Year's Day holiday. Uh, in other words, as they say, the traditional date in years when January 1st falls on a Sunday. So, geez, I didn't even think of that. So, in addition to what I'm guessing will be the final regular season games for the NFL season on Sunday, January 1, then we get back on Monday, we can come back to having, you know, the, the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, or the Rose Bowl, and the, and the Sugar Bowl on Monday. That is just going to be... An amazing, amazing weekend.
4: Oh, my goodness, oh uh, Sean. Yeah, that, that'll be incredible to see the playoffs. I mean, the you know, playoff picture finish up and all the bird games. That's, I don't yeah, know I if the ha- TV can handle that, John, Friday to, Friday to Monday. The Friday TV's through Monday. Be, wow. Yeah, it'll wow. be on uh, constantly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw the release. I read it. I hadn't quite processed it as I am right now, and it is just awesome. That is like noteworthy, to put it mildly, uh, <laughs> to see that we're going to have all those games on. Well, AP should be great. It's going to going to be a great year between now and then too. And uh, hard to believe we're at the end of the show already. Thank you as always for calling direct from the arena in Nashville, where you're covering the SEC uh, basketball championship. So enjoy the Alabama Kentucky game, and thank you as always for your perspective and insight.
4: Well, thank you, Josh.
1: My pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.